everyone, and welcome to another episode of One Mic Night, the podcast that brings you stories of artists and people on their journey, helping to guide, answer questions, and motivate you in the business. I want to thank everybody for joining me on these, this journey. I have so many great, great people that I want to share with you, filmmakers, musicians, artists, you name it. And I appreciate everybody jumping in on the live chats on Tuesday, Wednesdays, Thursdays when we have them, when the episodes drop and adding to the conversation because I want you to get to know these people and share these episodes. So if you can, drop down right now, like the episode, make sure you subscribe, click the bell because you never know when I'm dropping another episode. Today, I am very, very excited. I have a filmmaker here. I'm going to have to call him International Film Festival, which we'll talk about later. His name is Xavier Griffith, and the film is called V-Box. Welcome to the show. Hi, Marcos. Thanks for having me. Yeah, um, thanks for spending some time. Thank you for coming on this holiday, too. As yeah. A of fact. <laughs> so, listen, I have questions. Yeah. First question is, who is Xavier Griffith? Right. Um, so, I guess my filmmaking name, I go by Xavier Michael Griffiths. Um, I'm a filmmaker originally from the Bronx, uh, New York. Uh, spent most of my life in New York. Uh, right now, I'm a graduate student at NYU uh, in the film program. I'm actually doing an MBA, MFA dual degree, so I'm getting a master's at the business school Stern, and at the same time, uh, getting a master's at the film school, um, Tisch School of the Arts. Uh, it's a three-year program, and I just finished up the last of my coursework. Um, and that's really uh, been the catalyst of my growth as a filmmaker these last few years, being in that program, having the resources um, and collaborators to make uh, short films uh, like Bbox and other projects happen. Um, so I'm getting ready to transition from that student phase into becoming uh, hopefully a professional filmmaker and uh, attending film festivals like the Harlem International Film Festival um, is a big part of that and it's hopefully a way to get noticed, meet more filmmakers, connect more people and uh, just help my stories get out there to the masses. Love that. How did this all start for you? Did, were you interested in entertainment and TV and film all your life or somebody in your family? Um, yeah, it's very interesting. So nobody in my family or anyone <laughs> i knew really worked in entertainment industry and that's kind of one of the reasons why i wanted to do it um you know i came come from the bronx um and actually a lot of the people i grew up with in the bronx very smart talented people my friends from back in the day they became doctors lawyers um all these types of different professionals dentists and i see them and i'm really happy for them they're all doing great things but i didn't really see anybody want to become a filmmaker um, that didn't really come up people didn't really say oh I want to be a movie director or something that day so I was like all right why don't I be that person in that group I'll be the person I know who does entertainment and things like that so that was kind of one of the things that put me on this path when I was around a teenager I was like if other people could do it you see all these professionals um, whether it's like legends like Martin Scorsese and uh, Spike Lee or, you know, just up and coming indie directors. Uh, it's like, if they can do it, if they can make a living from it, why can't I? Um, and I had like a literary background. I loved reading books as a child and 
um, that kind of went hand in hand with watching a lot of movies. Um, and when I was in high school, that's when I, I really started to uh, appreciate movies more and watch them. And uh, I was always really good in school, uh, but you don't really have the freedom to pursue your interests per se until you get to college. And it wasn't really until I went to college, went to undergrad at Fordham University that I got to like take film classes and stuff like that. So um, it was, I, I took the film classes, all the film classes I took, it was a really nice stepping stone. And I realized um, as good as my Fordham experience was uh, at being a young 22 year old, no one's gonna hand me like a million dollars to make a film. So I figured if I wanted to do this, I wanna go all the way. So that's when I thought about going to grad school for film and looked up the application process and NYU was always top of the list because um, you hear so many good things about it. And then I just kind of stumbled on accident and found out about the dual degree program. Um, it's a little over 15 years old, that dual degree program, the MBA MFA. And I said to myself, hmm, that's interesting. Since I already have sort of a background in film, I have no background in business whatsoever. So I said it would be great to kind of get both of those experiences, both worlds, because um, it's called show business, not show art. It's, it's something we hear a lot. So I want yes, to be able yes, to know yes. about the business side of it as well. And I thought that would give me a leg up and, you know, have a unique perspective on the industry. So it's been great um, learning about both. That's kind of what set me on my path. Oh my God, man, you set a mouthful. You, you're a very wise man. So first of all, <clears throat> I want to back it up. So if nobody in your, your family is in show business, where did you get the inkling? Where did you get the idea, you know, to continue to pursue this? Because, well, two things. One, shout out to the Bronx. I live in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But one, living in New York City is always the gateway to entertainment. That's number one. Mm -hmm. So having, having New York as the backdrop, but also being a person of color, you know, so it's mm -hmm. like two different things. And how do you end up at New York University getting a dual degree? Yeah. You know, a um, lot of us, a lot of us don't, you know, we don't even think about going to film school. We, we never, we don't know people who, like yeah. you said, the Spike Lees and those people that are, that are, would be mentors or, or role models for us to do this. Yeah, so my parents, uh, both my parents are Jamaican immigrants and they've always uh, stressed education to me and my uh, siblings. They, you know, from we were young, they they instilled in us that we had to go to college and probably beyond and they wanted um, good things for us. Um, and like I said, I was always uh, pretty good at school. I got good grades, but they wanted maybe, uh, would have preferred a doctor or a lawyer. And then my dad also, tried to push us into music, which for a while I played piano, guitar, and drums, but it wasn't really my passion. Um, so I always knew I was gonna uh, go through school or college. And then, like I said, it was just that freedom to choose your interests. So I was like, oh, I can major in English. I can do film. Um, and it was just that drive, like in this world, we have to kind of work, we're expected to produce. And I was like, if you're gonna do that, why not do what you love? And um, like I said, I saw if other people can do it, even though they're not necessarily from my background or have the same uh, worldview as me, why can't I be that one? So I've actually heard um, from quite a few people I mean, this is kind of still new for me because I'm relatively young, but they say like, 
oh, I didn't know you could do that. So they kind of look to me and stuff like that. Um, I, a lot of people reach out to me on LinkedIn when they see uh, my program and what I'm doing, like, and they ask me, like, I didn't know that um, uh, an MBA, MFA, that was the thing that was possible. And then a lot of people of color, uh, young black men and women ask me about it, too. And they ask me about my perspective and advice on pursuing something like that. And I'm always happy uh, to respond to people like that. And uh, it's it's really humbling and it's just like you know i'm on this journey for the first time for myself but if it can like be a pathway for other people or you know provide some sort of reference i think that's great too so i i, I really like it when people come up and say stuff like that i think that's that that was one of my questions uh, for you do you feel like stepping into the role of one a filmmaker two a mm -hmm. filmmaker of color um do you feel like that you are now you're taking on the responsibility of being a role model um yeah i don't think necessarily that automatically makes you a role model i think at the end of the day it is just a job i think you have to actively choose to be a role model like you can do this be very good at it and still be not like a great ethical person if you just live a different lifestyle so i think you have to actively choose that i don't think that one comes with the other um so if I if I want to do that, if like I want to continue to be successful, I also have to make that choice to you know how I represent myself. Um, and you know I am aware uh, that you know there's visibility issues that like people see people like me and like oh he's dreads like he's in business school or like he's here and like he's here there or whatever. Um, so I, I am aware of that and you know I'm just trying to be myself and. Hoping I am a person that is, you know, others deem ethical and uh, wise and stuff like that. But I'm not. I think that's the choice you have to make for yourself. Right. I mean, I think a role model is, you know, a good role model and they're bad role models. Yeah. So, yeah, on the pathway to being a good role model, I guess mm -hmm. is what we're saying. Yeah. I want to talk about your film a little bit. Um, right. The film is called B-Box. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we don't want to give away too much of a plot because, first of all, I have to say, now, I, I moderated that whole film festival, mm -hmm. on, you know, live and virtual. Mm -hmm. And that was the funniest film that I saw in the entire festival. Thank you so much. Very, very well done. Well done. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about what, what the film is. Um, B-Box, yeah. So the top line synopsis is it's about these two roommates who live together and they're competing in a very strange, bizarre game with very high stakes. Um, and they compete in various different ways, but then one of them invites a female over on a date um, and the other roommate interrupts it and chaos and hilarity ensues. And if it's not the guy, it's their roommate that makes things unbearable. Merry Christmas, Grandma Man! Come on, man, that's my grandma I'm talking to! Hey, yo, whose turn is it to pay the electricity bill? Yours. Yeah, nothing worse than a weird roommate. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's the top line. Like you said, we don't want to give it away. I will say, um, at the end of the film, this is the question I get asked. It does say based on a true story. And like I said, it's a fictionalized account, but the actual game exists. It is a game that uh, my brothers taught me. Um, me and my brothers and my cousins played it growing up. Um, and I just, you know, it's just stuck in my mind. And I, when it came time to make a film like this, I was like, I wonder if I can 
kind of adapt this film and uh, this game into a uh, entertaining film. And one of the most surprising things about uh, showing this film um, in the places it's been shown is that people will come up to me and say, like, "Yeah, I played a similar game or I played that game growing up." But I just can't believe it. I'm like, what? So <laughs> I was like, get. I thought that was completely. Like, I can't believe we've had this shared experience. I um, think that's what we love about it so much because it yeah. resonates with so many people. I, I myself have one. I, you know, I went to a boarding school mm. and all the guys from my dorm, we played mm -hmm. a certain game. Mm -hmm. And yeah, relate to yeah. it very well. And yeah, to this yeah. day, I still laugh about it. Yeah, so I think um, one of the things, it's like a, a silly comedy. Like I said, my motivation was just to get people to laugh. I think that's very special if, and, and tricky. Comedy is very tricky, but if you can get a group of strangers together or people who know each other and laugh at something common on the screen. So that's why um, being in the audience uh, at Harlem in the Magic Johnson Theater was so special for me and uh, one of my actors who was there just to see that they all get it and they were in tune and they, they kind of got the rules and they got the rhythm and they were enjoying it. So was that um, your first time seeing it on a big screen? um no so it's actually really funny this was great um so we we workshop them in class of like i'm still a student so we, we go out make the film edit it and then we show it in front of like the whole class and a bunch of our directing professors and uh our directing professors all give their advice and their feedback and as a filmmaker you're supposed to just listen and you're not supposed to respond so you can't say anything but even then it got a good response it got a good couple laughs so I kind of knew I was on the right track um, and then after that class you kind of tinker with it some more finish it up and then you have to show it to the wider faculty and this is like your evaluation this is the second year evaluation it's the major part of the program and it's a similar thing they watch it and they give their feedback and you're not supposed to respond but then like my professors really laughed and liked it again too um, actually the day it played at Harlem was the day of our NYU showcase. Um, so we had our second year film showcase earlier that day. Uh, I emceed the event. Um, it was like our first in-person screening in a while because of COVID. Uh, so over the course of two days that weekend, uh, me and a bunch of my classmates, we showed our films. They were all about 10 minutes in length and we invited friends and family. Um, and it just so happened to be on the same day as the Harlem uh, Festival. Funny. So I, yeah, I actually, they, I emailed, the, I got an email from the Harlem organizers and they were like, do you want to take part in this q and I was like, I really want to, but it's at the same time as uh, my event at NYU. And I'm like, I have to be there. I have to see it there and support my fellow classmates. And I'm also emceeing that event. So I was like, Is, what, if you guys move it to later that evening, I could possibly race uptown um, after this event and come see it. And they were so accommodating that they did it. They they were like, yeah, yeah. we'll do that. So it was, it was actually supposed to be the last film that day. But, you know, there was technical difficulties on that other great film came afterwards. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, literally after um, the event at NYU, I literally raced uptown on the subway oh, um, wow. to, come, to come see it at Harlem again. So I got to see it twice in one day with an audience and both audiences were very appreciative. So it was a, it's a very exciting world one day. Um, but no, never, that, that screen was the biggest screen I've ever seen it on. It's like a multiplex screen. It's like something you would watch the Avengers on. So seeing right. it on that was, uh, that's, was, was, that's huge. It's yeah. huge. And, and that's one thing I have to say about the Harlem International Film Festival. And I said this, you know, during the uh, Q and A, I said, everybody just take a moment and just absorb what's happening right now. 
You know, you're showing your film at the AMC Theater, Magic Johnson Theater in Harlem, New York, mm-hmm. at an international film festival. And I wanted everybody there to connect. And I hope that everybody exchanged cards and information and still keep in touch because that's your community. That's our community, mm-hmm. you know, and we need to, you know, we need to be a part of a community. You never know when you're gonna cross paths with these people again and where they yeah. can help you and you can help them and inspire. Um, it's actually very funny that you say that. Um, there was another film in that block. Um, it was a great animated film. I believe it won the Uptown Award for the shorts. It's like, if my uh, song rang louder than my skin, I hope yeah. I'm not butchering mm-hmm. the title. Um, and that was a great short. Um, sponsored in part or producing part at the ghetto film school and you know that was the first film i walked in on when i came to the harlem film festival i thought it was great uh i don't think that filmmaker was there at that day um but i was in Cannes, the Cannes film festival in may as part of a business school class actually they take us to Cannes to learn about the film industry wow um, and i was in the american pavilion and they were having their own little section in the american pavilion for young upcoming filmmakers and that film played again if my song rang louder than my skin and i was like oh my god i can't believe this uh, that film i just saw wow. and then i actually met the filmmaker there she was there and I introduced myself and we did exchange numbers. And I told her we both played at Harlem. And like she said, she was unfortunate she couldn't be there. But I was like, yeah, but then like we crossed paths here. And uh, it's exactly what you said. You never know when you're going to meet people cross paths again. That's why I really like these festivals and the environment. And I think it's um, spectacular. Um, yeah, so that I, don't, I forget her name, but she's a very talented young filmmaker. And that short was also one of the highlights at Harlem, I would say. I would have to agree. I would have to agree. I think that whole short block yeah. was amazing. There were some amazing films in there and I've had a chance to, you know, speak to some of the filmmakers and just, man, just continue to uh, reach reach out and keep in touch. I want to talk about very quickly, like what was the process for you? Because I want to help inspire some people to make films and tell stories. What was it like for you to to create this film? I know you said uh, it was part of your, your mm-hmm. you know, classwork but yeah how did you start off and how did you get the final product so um it was a long process so you always start with the idea and then get to the script um idea then an outline of the script so um and the nyu program we have these different projects and they have different parameters uh so the parameter of one of our projects is to be uh, three scenes, three actors, uh, seven minutes. So it's just kind of trying to train you on your storytelling techniques. If you can tell a compelling story within those parameters and it's also kind of keep itself contained. Um, and that was originally what I intended this project to be. So that's why it's more or less three scenes, three characters. Um, but we were shooting at a time when the COVID pandemic was still out of control. Um, and due to the nature of this film, B-Box, with the characters really have to be close up to each other and like physical contact is a part of it. It wasn't really feasible at the time. Um, with the state of COVID, there weren't really widespread vaccines and whatnot. So I like this story enough that I was like, I don't want to compromise it. So I'm gonna, I said I was gonna put it away until I could make it properly. So I actually had to make another short um, with those parameters as, very fast it, it was a horror film um seven minutes and like three three locations three characters and that film is um 
that film has done well for itself too. It's gotten into a couple festivals. It's playing at a festival uh, this month. I'll, I'll talk about that maybe later if you ask me about it. Yeah. But yeah, so I had to go to that other project and make that short project. And then I had that whole experience and I learned a lot being on set and doing that project. And then, you know, COVID, the situation progressed. We had vaccinations. We had different guidelines that were less strict. We could have actors in closer proximity. So that original project that became B-Box got pushed off to the summer. Um, and since it was a different project, it no longer had to be like seven minutes. It could be 10 minutes and it could kind of be whatever it wanted. Um, and the script got good feedback from my professors and classmates. So I felt fairly confident about it. Um, and, you know, we have this whole infrastructure uh, with within the school. We do directing exercises where you'll probably like practice with your classmates, uh, make a practice scene or something like that. We have directing the actor classes, which is um, actually how I met one of the actors who ended up being in the film. So that just gives you practice at working right actors and bringing the scenes to life. Um, and then I also served as a producer on this film. So I was doing a lot of the legwork and uh, the foundation. Uh, you, you get your script. <clears throat> Then you try to find your uh, locations. You get your crew, figure out what um, figure out what equipment you need. Talk to a production designer how you want the film to look, and then make a schedule. It's a it's a multi step process. Yeah, That's kind yeah. of what it went through. Um, but when it came down to it, like finding the location was kind of difficult. But I found one. It was shot on location in Brooklyn. Thankfully, self contained story, all in one location. That was very beneficial um, and then once I had the location and the dates I could kind of get my crew together which was mostly my classmates but then other some some people I had just met and professionals we had a professional uh, stunt coordinator come in um, and then the three-day shoot itself was relatively smooth I have to say and you know there was great energy on set people were very nice and kind um, uh, I was director and producer so wow. um, I, that's that, that's fine but usually if I think having a producer is very beneficial if you're a director because you want someone to like share that burden and someone you can lean on and uh, collaborate with. But everyone was very collaborative and um, I, I was very happy with how the filming went. So when it came time to edit and everything, I felt uh, I felt I had to do right by everyone. I was like, all right, I, all these people, they gave me their all, they gave me their time. Let me really try to put together um, a nice film. And editing is very relaxing, um, but it can be stressful. But that's just, it's kind of like putting together a puzzle piece. So just putting the scenes in the right order, tweaking them and stuff like that. So that's the overview of how it came about. Um, that's, that no, that's perfect. That's, that's exactly what I wanted to know, especially during the COVID time. That seems like that was probably the biggest challenge yes. is to wait until that whole thing blew over a little bit so you could film. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, just, you know, the process, I think a lot of people, we, we all have stories to tell, but I want mm -hmm. people to understand that there is a process to it. And it, it's, it's not that easy. And you want no. a good final product. I mean, the S, I mean, the important thing is to tell the story, obviously, right. but, you know, you do want a good final product. So you do have to go through those steps in order to get it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've made films. I've produced a couple of films outside of like the school environment and the process is relatively the same. You just don't have the support or the backing of the school. So you're kind of doing it on your own. So you have to get the budget. Money is always very important. You got to 
make you got to know if you have enough money to make the film you want to make and then you know you got it so discussing that with a producer is very helpful having a budget um insurance and finding the equipment that's one of the biggest expenses so um figuring that out and a way to do that cost effectively um is very important but other than that you know just getting all the permissions you need permissions from the actors making sure they have everything signed permissions from locations um and you know having like safety plans and backup plans it's it's very doable especially nowadays with um you know the internet and everything kind of becoming more accessible and affordable but uh, one thing that i did learn in school um through various classes is like the more you plan because uh, something's gonna go wrong a lot of things might go wrong but the more you plan ahead uh, the better able you are to deal with these things um, so it's filmmaking is really nice for people who are like meticulous and like to plan and think things out because um, having that structure in place allows you to be creative without worrying about things that are not necessarily in your control you advise filmmaking school or filmmaking classes before people set out to make a, a film? Um, it depends on what you want to do. I don't think film school is necessarily for everyone. It is a huge time and cost commitment. Um, I'm one that I'm happy I've made so far. But there's definitely, you can definitely, um, if you're a young high school student or anything like that, you can just mess around with your friends. Like, oh, this is like a YouTube and TikTok generation. We're all filmmakers in a sense. Right. Um, yeah. Or content creators. as Content as creators, product, yes. Right? Yeah. So yeah, if you just plan and experiment, you can find, um, you can find your groove and you find the way you like to work. Um, if, if you're not gonna do like a full, film program at school or something um there are other alternatives you can find like a class at uh, uh maybe a, a community college or something like that one thing i did um before I, I ended up in grad school uh i took a one-week directing seminar at the new york film academy mm. um and that's really they say a lot of people do it to see it gives you like the uh, the film school experience within like a week just to see if it's something you want to continue doing it gets, it's like a very intensive thing um, and I'm glad I did that because it sharpened sharpened my skills and it gave me a two-minute product a two-minute short film that ended up being part of my application to NYU my portfolio so oh, wow. um, yeah and that's much much less of a time commitment and uh, it's not as cost intensive so if you want right. to do something like that you can do that and there's filmmaking camps and stuff like that so there also there, i know for yeah. people that live in new york city in the different boroughs you can go to mm -hmm. the media centers like we have here in brooklyn we have brick which mm -hmm. is the you know emmy award-winning media center that as long as you live in brooklyn you can go there and, and, and use in studio or they have classes for outside the studio podcasting whatever you want to do you get a certificate but you have access to all the equipment that goes along with it. And it's, you know, it's not as costly as going to Tish, yeah. but you know, you pay $100 and maybe you can get your producer certificate and then you learn how to produce, you mm -hmm. know, your media. So yeah. yeah, especially in New York. Yeah, that's great. There's there's all these resources, um, local libraries and things like that. Um, and people are, when you're young and um not even necessarily young but if you're a student and you just want to do stuff people are 
very willing to help you, I find. You just have to ask. People, I don't know, people like, especially that filming is kind of cool. They want to be a part of it. So you'll, you do yourself a disservice if you just don't ask around because you'll be surprised because there are resources and people are willing to help if you approach with the right attitude. Absolutely, absolutely. What else do you have coming up? You mentioned something earlier. Yeah, so I have, um, like I said, um, the film, I was supposed to make B-Box, but then I, I changed the plan. So I made another film, a horror film, a uh, short horror film. It's called This Isn't Even About Her. Um, it's about eight minutes long and it's played at a couple festivals so far. It's a horror film, we shot it in New Jersey. Uh, it played at the Autumn Stun Film Festival uh, last year, last fall. And then earlier this year it was at New Jersey Horror Con and Film Festival. I was even nominated for a screenplay award. Um, and then coming up, it's going to be at the Northern Horror Fest in Bergenfield, New Jersey. It's going to be playing there on July 20th. Um, so it's a short horror film. Um, like I, I'm a student, I like to experiment with different genres. So I did the horror and the comedy. Um, and this film, it was definitely a learning process. Um, but I'm very glad that it's found its audience so far and I hope that it continues to do so. Uh, people seem to get a thrill out of it. So if anyone wants to check it out, uh, it's the Northern Horror Fest in New Jersey, Bergenfield, New Jersey on July 20th. Um, but yeah, that, that was a, also, it's, 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 it's nice to have a couple different films. Um, they're both, they were both made in the same year, which I can't believe I did oh. that just a few months apart. It's nice that they're both getting their audience um, in different ways. So I'm very pleased with that. I like that, you get your foot wet in, in different genres. Yeah, a film, that's great. <clears throat> There's another film festival you may, we can talk about it afterwards, but uh, yeah. it's called Shriekfest, mm -hmm. which is a huge festival. And mm -hmm. uh, some really, really good, good films go there. So make sure you check them yeah. out too. Shout out to Shriekfest, I've had a film there. So, That's great, yeah. Yeah, I think it's fun. it's one thing, like if you can get people to laugh and then another thing, if you can get people to scream or start get startled in the theater, it's, you know, that's, that's my challenge. Exactly. Well, I want to thank you for uh, coming here and sharing your film with us. Hopefully, we can mm -hmm. get a clip and uh, people can take a little a little teaser of what we what you have mm -hmm. there. Um, I appreciate your time. How can we get in touch with you? Um, yeah, that's a great question. See, that's the thing I'm still <laughs> learning. Um, I'm learning this whole thing, this promotional stuff. That's the part I'm not great at. I'm working on creating a website for my films. Um, it's not up yet, but once it is, I'll definitely drop you a line. Uh, yeah, I guess my Facebook page, Xavier Griffiths. I think I'm Xavier Griffiths 9 on Facebook, but um, yeah, that's where I post everything about uh, my films. Um, and also on LinkedIn, if anyone wants to know more about um, my career or how or the NYU programs, like I said, I'm always happy to uh, respond. Just if you're going to send me a request, just please put a note in your message, like why you're contacting me. But I'm always happy to answer any questions about film school or business school and things like that. Um, yeah, I've met a lot of cool people that way. <laughs> I like that. Well, Xavier, thank you very, very much for uh, dropping by One Mike Night Podcast. Appreciate you. Good luck with everything. You're an amazing filmmaker so far. You're well on your journey and I uh, wish you the best. Please stop by anytime. Check us out here. Yeah. 
Thank you guys all for watching One Mic Night Podcast. Make sure you listen to the episode. It's available. Actually, you can watch it now on Spotify too. Spotify now, you can watch the podcast. So check it out on Spotify. Listen to it. It's available on all digital platforms. You can find us at One Mic Night. One Mic Night is spelled O-N-E-M-I-C-N-I-T-E. Follow us. Join the Facebook community. Drop off flyers on the page. Let us know what's going on in your art world. You can follow me at Marcos Luis, M-A-R-C-O-S-L-U-I-S. Hit me up on Instagram. Let me know what's going on. I appreciate you. Thank you guys for all stopping by. See you next time. Thank you guys so much. This was great. (laughs) Bye.